Well, good morning to all of you, and good morning to all of you online. I thought I would begin this morning by telling you a story of when I was 16 years old. Of course, I was living day to day and just having a whole lot of fun ending up my sophomore year. And of course, my dad would see this and he thought it was time to have the conversation. Son, after high school, have you thought about what you're going to do with your life? And I thought in my head, well, not at this point in time. So he put that fire under my feet to begin to think about those things. And an opportunity would soon present itself after that conversation. I would be at our local mall with a group of my friends. And right when you walked into the main entrance, up there you would walk into the military recruiting place where you could go and talk to any a recruiter from all the different branches of the military and see if it might be a good fit for you. And of course you see all the signs that welcome you, like, be all you can be, and, it, and it, you kind of get pumped up. Maybe this could be a direction I could go in. So I would leave my friends aside for a time and I would just go and have a conversation and ask some questions with an army recruiter. And I thought, well, we'll see what happens. So he would ask me a whole, you know, excited that, ooh, maybe we're going to get one more. Um, he had it in his mind and he asked all these questions that I answered well. And, and then all of a sudden he got to the questions about my physical health. And he goes, well, do you have anything ailing you? I see you play high school sports. And at first I'd tell him, well, I do have to puff on an inhaler because I have some, a little bit of asthma. And then you could hear the shakiness in his voice all of a sudden. Oh. And then it would go on, well, how is your eyesight? And it was like, well, I had to have it surgically repaired because uh, they had surgery for that at that time. And my eyes are still, they work together well, but on their own, they don't work well. And then another resounding, oh. And then the, the, the nail in the coffin of me having any kind of military future, he said, well, well how are your feet? And I would tell him, well, I have flat feet and it does affect how I walk and how I run, especially. And there was no, oh, and it, they weren't very politically correct back then, I guess. The line that met me and that I have thought about ever since was, well, son, you got to learn how to walk before you're good enough to be in my army. And I just, a young man, 16 years old, like going in there, like beginning to think about his future to hear you're not good enough. For a long time, those, those words have haunted me, but I'm thankful that we have the words in, our, uh, in Ephesians that we have from Paul today. Because how easy it is when we are told how to do something or to live a certain way or to walk a certain way, how easy it, uh, it is for us to end up in that place of you're not good enough or you'll never be good enough. But the words of Paul, are going to come and tell us something to the contrary today. Now, as if you've been with us the last three weeks, we, the three, we've been looking at Ephesians that, as the lectionary gives it to us across each chapter. And the previous three chapters, chapters 1, 2, and 3, are the heavy doctrine. The theology or Paul wanting us to understand a right thinking and believing of who God is in our lives and, in, and when we're in relationship to God, what we get out of that. 
the promises that come to us. When we get to verse or chapter 4 today and we move from that the understanding of that theology and that right thinking of God and we move to the application of it. And this is the metaphor of walking. Paul is actually going to teach us in a spiritual sense to walk with God or how we think about it, how to live our lives as Christians and as disciples of Jesus Christ. So it sets it up in three what I'm calling movements that Paul brings before us today. Those three movements are unity, are mission and ministry, and three, uh, maturity. Unity, ministry, and maturity. And Paul will bring before us that we should first strive to have unity. And listen to some of the words that he uses in the text. Christians should strive for a life of humility, especially with others, with patience, and then trying to get to peace, humbleness, and gentleness. All these things a Christian should strive for. And this is the way we should be living. The second movement of God in our lives tells us that we should, as Christians and followers of his, that because of the grace bestowed upon us, we hear in the text that some are given to be apostles, some given to be prophets, some teachers and preachers, others evangelists. And this is, this is not a, a mutually exclusive list, but what it's telling us is that in our walking with God, in our everyday life, living it out, that we, sh we are, by the grace bestowed upon us, that we are given spiritual gifts for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. And that's a movement of God as we discover those things in our lives. And then the third and final that Paul has in the section for us today is maturity. That we grow up into maturity, into the head that is Christ Jesus. And I was think, thinking about what maturity looks like. And I thought in my head, you've probably seen this. Maybe you did this as a child. Or if you've had children of your own, my youngest, Gabe, he likes to put on daddy's shoes. And of course, they're way too big for him. And he clip-clops around and he, and he falls over and it's all funny, cute, ha-ha. But then I think about he'll actually every now and again like to put on daddy's suit. And of course, it just swallows him and he can't stand and, he, and walk. But it made me think about how that's all of us. That we, we, we begin at a point in our Christian journey and we grow in relationship and mature. And we're beginning to fill out the shoulders of that. What we hear earlier in, in Ephesians when Paul says that, that we, through the promises of God, we are clothed in his righteousness. And that's how he sees us. And in relationship with him, that's how we are seen and we grow into that. So as we consider those movements of unity, of ministry, and of growing up in God, of maturing in God, my question this morning for you is, how are you doing in those areas? Or how are we doing as a church because if I'm honest with myself, that illustration that I opened up with, all too often it's easy for me to tr realize in my own power I'm trying to attain those three areas and how much I fail rather than I succeed. And feeling like I'm unworthy and I'll never be a part or able to do it in my own strength. If I take 
the first of those, unity. As I was writing the sermon and the, the encouragement that Paul means for these words to be that we consider today, in the back of my head, I had a picture of my cousin. Now, just a month or a little more than a month ago, I got to go on vacation. Hadn't seen several of my family out in Amarillo, Texas, as well as Santa Fe, New Mexico. And the majority of that trip was just really sweet and fantastic, the reunion of being all together again. But you probably have in your family or in that one, uh, maybe with another person, that, that, that person that can just get on your nerves. I've got that, that distant cousin that I'm both best friends with at certain parts in our lives and just worst enemies. And that, the chance would come when we had a conversation that ended up in a fight and it, we, in a broken relationship. And still to this day that we have not spoken about it. And as I'm writing, hearing these words from Paul and saying, I should strive for unity as a follower of Christ, and yet I've got that cousin's face in the back of my head, leaving me feeling unworthy of striving for unity. And then as we consider ministry within the church, there's kind of two thoughts that come with ministry when we realize the grace that is bestowed upon us and then we realize the special gifting that is ours. We can either, one, we're not doing anything at all and we just come and we, we partake in Sunday morning or whatever we do and we go live a very different life out in the world and we don't have a ministry within the church. Or you might have several ministries in the church and you, can't, and you might have the thought circling in the back of your head, you just can't do enough and that you're never going to be worthy enough by what you do within the walls of the church and out there, whatever your ministry may be. Maybe leaving you at a point of you're unworthy and you're not good enough. And then finally, we see that it's we're growing up into the church, into, into maturity in Christ. And as Paul brings it before us today, he actually shows us a picture of what it doesn't look like to grow up in Christ and what it does look like. He said it does not look like a small ship out in the ocean with no rudder and no foundation, the way that takes you forward. And when all those big waves and storms of life, the brokenness of the world hits you, that when you're in your infancy with no foundation, that it just tosses you to and fro. And you have no idea of where to plant and to stand in a direction through those things when they come. But Paul, on the contrary, says, well, this is what it does look like to grow up in Christ. That we learn how to, and it brings unity back into the picture, that we learn how to speak the truth in love. That we know the truth of God that comes from his word, and yet when we tell that to people, that we do it in a way of love and compassion. And as we grow up into the head, which is Christ Jesus. That is the picture that it leaves us with. If in any or all of these areas we feel like we are just failing and we realize that in our own strength that, that we're never going to get there and it leaves us in, in a searching for something larger in ourselves, this is where the grace of God finds us. And instead of presenting us with a list of things that we're never going to be able to attain and then the, our exhaustion of trying to get there, this is where we realize this is why he had to come. 
This is what his cross, his death, and his resurrection is all about. Instead of giving us a list of things to do, he tells us the identity that we are. That we are his, that he has taken sin and death from us, and that he, the promises he made to us all the way back in the first chapter, that by his cross in our relationship with him, we are redeemed, we are chosen, and we are his beloved. And instead of a list we'll never attain to, what Paul is encouraging us with today, these three movements of our life, we're, it is just us becoming who we already are. That in unity, we're growing into it. It's starting as his beloved child. And that's where we start when we find our special giftedness and how we serve within or for the kingdom of God, building up the body. And finally, we continue to mature, be growing into his image as his Holy Spirit continues to work in us and on us all the days of our lives. My friends, in your Christian journey, in response to this grace that has been bestowed upon all of us, may we all learn to walk worthy. Amen.